Welcome to Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley, and we're making this podcast despite the blackout in New York City. Maybe, in fact, because of it. Interesting. <laughs> you just, Neither you of us are in New York City. <laughs> not today. But you don't know how global uh, things affect us. Markets and butterfly wings and stuff. This week we're going to be talking about... The Dead Don't Die, Jim Jarmusch's new film. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about our favorite Bill Murray film. Ty, what is yours? Mine is definitely Groundhog's Day, because that's one of the best movies ever made. Top ten. (laughs) And, and, I mean, obviously he's in it. Such a good movie. Okay, I think that one is pretty funny. For me, it's going to be Ghostbusters. Interesting. Okay. Have you watched Ghostbusters recently? Ever? No, he's in the one with uh, the women. Are we counting that one? <laughs> That's why, yeah, my favorite movie. The Ghostbusters with the women with Bill Murray cameo is your favorite Bill Murray movie? <laughs> uh, no, no, it's not. Ghostbusters 1 is my favorite movie with Bill Murray in it, I think. Okay. But again, that's a nostalgia choice. It's been a long time since I've watched Ghostbusters. Me too. Do you not love Bill Murray? Oh, I know you think he's a genius. He is a genius. Okay, this, this is interesting. I'm learning something about you, but it's fine. We can still do the podcast. I guess we are still brothers. Yes, we'll get through this. Um, so The Dead Don't Die is a story about a small town where people come back to life. There are zombies, but it's very smart about it. Or Smart? You mean it's intellectual about it, maybe? Is yeah. that what you mean? I wouldn't have said it. I don't know. I wouldn't it's have said trying, smart. It's trying to be different from the normal zombie movie. It's kind of a parody of the zombie movies, I think. Okay. A tro- it's a, yeah, a genre parody. For sure it is, because, they, yeah, they're making fun of the, the normal thing. It's like the zombies, what do they come back for? In this case, they come back to check their phones or... <laughs> whatever, whatever thing they wanted the most in life or what were addicted to. Yeah, and then you have the trope of the small town sheriff. I feel like it's just a lot of tropes. So I saw this movie because another film from this director, Patterson, is a movie Ty loves. And I thought Ty was going to really be pro The Dead Don't Die. Ty, how did you feel about The Dead Don't Die? I was super mad and left angry the theater because I hated it. That's good because I also thought it was not good. (laughs) It's not good. It's not good, guys. I would say don't go. (laughs) This is a hard no. And we are usually proponents of supporting small cinema. Yeah. Like, you know, this guy's an independent filmmaker. He's the kind of guy I want to get behind. But I feel like he stuck his finger in my eye in this film. So screw him. So what were some of the things that really bothered you? Uh, The main thing that really bothered me was how badly it was written in the sense of you have all these... It's kind of like one of those movies where you have lots of stories that it seems like they're going to all come together at some point, except it didn't. And like the guy in the woods, no payoff to him being there. He just watches at the end, but there's, there's no lesson or satisfying, satisfying, you know, coming together of his story with other people's, the kids in the delinquent, the like juvie, whatever facility, zero payoff. Nothing happens with them. They just run away, but they never connect with anyone else. Selena Gomez and her two friends make fun of the guy in the store and then get 
looked at by the sheriff and then die without you don't see their death even on screen yeah just absolutely no meaning to anything like if you don't have those payoffs then it's all uh not superfluous it's all just pointless it's you're not you're not using it to do any kind of storytelling work Ugh, it made me so mad and then on top of that there's all the um these meta references where the actors speak as actors instead of as characters and talk about the script and I but mean only Adam Driver's character, right? I don't think anyone else does. Bill Murray's character says, "I only got the scenes I'm in." Just kidding. You're right. Ugh, that was so annoying. Yeah, it's it it's it. Uh, if you're gonna do that, you gotta have like a really I think big payoff. Instead, to me in this film, it just felt very self-serving. Like kind of like Jim Jarmusch was so pleased with himself for I don't know like to make an actor say. You know, Jim Jarmusch. I can't remember what Bill Murray said exactly, but something like, you know, I owed him or he owed me. Like, just it just makes your own relationship with Bill Murray the inside joke. But guess who's getting that inside joke? You and Bill Murray. <laughs> like, we don't know. We don't know what your guys' relationship is, and we don't really care. I don't think. No. And so, don't make that the joke, because you're leaving everyone in the freaking world out. It's kind of amazing that so many. I would say big name actors or at least fringe actors who've been in big movies wanted to be in this movie, wanted to do these weird small parts. I mean, uh, Caleb Landry Jones, Rosie Perez, like, why are they doing this? Well, I think he's a, Jarmusch is a darling of independent cinema. I mean, and when you are get asked to do it, you don't know if it's going to work. I don't know. Maybe you could have told. I could have told reading this script, I think. <laughs> I'd have been like, wait, what happened to the Juvie kids? <laughs> um, but Tata yeah. Swinton, isn't it? I think also they're genuinely his friends. You know, if your, your friends ask you to do it, you do it. And they probably filmed this in like 21 days. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Probably not long. There was some, that just reminded me though, there was some graphic violence and guts. Very graphic. Yeah, I think. Too graphic. He probably got a bigger budget than he's had in a lot of movies. Got big stars attached to it. I was just like, cool, let's do something a little weird. And maybe he wanted to try more of a horror-style film. Apparently he made a parody of vampire films. Did you know this? No. I don't know anything about this director besides Patterson. I don't know that much about him either. Uh, I should do some research. But but he, he, he has what I saw referred to as kind of a sister film to this one where it's a vampire story. But also making fun of the tropes of that genre. But I'm not going to watch it. No, there, <laughs> I don't care. There's no way I would watch that movie. <laughs> uh, I'm still angry about this one. Um, well, I just feel like the acting was flat because of it. Or well, he, I feel like he intentionally chose a very flat, or he directed a very flat style, which again didn't pay off for me. Bad choice. Well, it's like maybe it's underreact to everything, but like when the first two people get eaten in the diner. And everyone's just standing outside, like, oh, you don't want to go in there and see that. Like, and they're just, like, standing there not doing anything. There's no... Anybody, okay, but... Go ahead. Anybody would do something. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not realistic. I think that was my, the one joke I liked in the movie, though. Well, they... Okay. I don't know. It wasn't a great joke, but it was, it made me laugh. There when, is a joke. When it's this, they cut to the same two images of the dead bodies for three people in a row. I did not think it was funny when they're like, a wild animal, maybe many wild animals. That was 
four times or whatever, but I guess if you say anything dumb enough, enough times, it becomes funny. That was his theory. I don't know. Are there things you liked about this movie? I like the earnest uh, female um, sheriff's deputy. Uh, what's her name? I don't know her name, unfortunately. I can't remember the actress's name, but I thought I I liked her. I always liked the scene she was in. Yeah. Because she wasn't, she was, the other, everyone else was kind of deadpan. And I feel like she was actually, she cared. You could. And got scared. Yeah, it seemed like she was a real person. That's a good point. And she had kind of reactions of like, what? No, I don't want to go in there. No, don't leave me. Like, I don't know. More realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything you liked? Oh, I also liked, I did like the, the character of the guy at the, who ran the store. Yeah. I thought he was hilarious. I thought he did a good job in his scenes. Like, it was, it was a little off-putting, but I thought he'd be a kind of, he's kind of like, what stuff is cool now is the stuff he's into. Wait, what stuff? Like, just being kind of nerdy and, like, the comic books and weird stuff. He knew everything about film history, right? I mean, he feels very much like a meta character, for sure, because I think it's Jim Jarmusch. Playing, like, putting himself in the movie. Yeah, like an avatar for him of... How much he loves film and his his way of getting film history into this movie, but I just think the actor's so good and and he just made it into this such oddball guy. Like I would love to watch a film about him. I believed he didn't seem also he did, he he was unusual, but he didn't seem insincere. I think Adam Driver and Bill Murray and Tilda Swinton seemed insincere. Fun fact about Caleb Landry Jones, the guy playing the store clerk. Yeah, he's in. No Country for Old Men as the kid who sells Chigurh, his shirt, at, or his bike at the end. Oh, weird. That's like, again, he's been in a lot of movies. He was in American Made. Before that even? No. You mean? Or after that? After that. Oh, I think No Country for Old Men was his first real thing. Does he have lines in it? A little bit. Just a little at the very end. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. We all get our start somewhere. <laughs> he's so good in Three Billboards. That too, yeah. All right, how would you rate The Dead Don't Die? One's our lowest, right? We can give a one, yes. We can't give zeros. No zeros. It's a one. Uh, one for me as well. <laughs> we wanted to do a podcast about it. Why? I don't know. Just because we were talking about it and we felt strongly, but we felt strongly negatively. We hope you don't mind. Yeah, I think there were strong reactions. Our definite recommendation is don't watch this movie. Don't watch it. Nope. Uh, but what, it's, it's what should they watch, Reed? Exactly. Uh, Remy and I have been watching uh, NBC comedy Superstore. <laughs> and actually, we really enjoy it. We think it's pretty funny. Just a look inside of like a big box store in the middle of America. How about you? I, I love that. I read that pilot. Okay, for me, I would recommend uh, this Saturday, <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur starts their new season with a pre preseason match against Inter. I think. Yeah, Inter Milan. Uh, not, not even a real game. Preseason. Preseason. That's legit in Singapore. <laughs> Sounds so legit. Is their C team playing this game? <laughs> no, they got to integrate their new star and all their old returning stars. You guys, we've had a bit of a break during this break from our podcast. I'm not saying this is the reason, but a lot of my time was taken up with Tottenham's run to the Champions League final. Yeah, I think. <laughs> That was happening right when our last episode happened, and Ty's just been on a bender since, celebrating how far they went. So we finally got him back. Happy to, 
uh, have our, have the Premier League off season line up with our off season as well. Yeah. So many more soccer recommendations to look forward to. <laughs> also, oh oh, I did. I am watching in Bruges. <laughs> You're watching in Bruges. It's a movie. Just have you watched it or have you <laughs> no, not watched? I'm halfway it? through, but <laughs> have you watched it? Yes, I have. Do you know Dumb the Dumb Waiter by Harold Pinter? I do not. The Harold Pinter wrote a play called The Dumbwaiter about these two hitmen who are waiting in a basement for the next job, and then it finally comes, and the job is for one of them to kill the other one. And in the play, the one who's kind of like a good guy, kind of naive, is a, he's a, he wants to go to a Tottenham Hotspur match. Okay. And in Bruges, it's a very similar plot, and I've, I've watched the movie before, but I'm watching it again right now because I wanted to see... I was like, I want to see... Because I recently read Dumbwaiter again. I want to see if there's a connection. And he talks about Tottenham in, in Bruges. Do you remember that? No. No, I do not. He's, I am 100% certain that Martin McDonough made in Bruges after the Dumbwaiter. It's, a, it's an adaptation of it, basically. And I know that because it's two hitmen. One of them has to kill the other one. And also they talk about Tottenham in both. Not a coincidence. I mean, are you saying he did this uncredited and no one's figured this out? I don't, I haven't, I'm halfway through the movie today. (laughs) So I'm going to Google it. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us for Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. Glad to be back and doing it live from Reed's house. Yeah. Bye. Bye.